Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 119 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast, the most comprehensive comic book podcast on the internet? Earth. Earth. On the Earth. <laughs> on Google Earth. Let's say, on, let's say in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, and the whole galaxy. Oh, yeah, because the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, don't we have, like, three guest hosts today? I was like, we don't know if there are other creatures in the galaxy, Jared, but we do we pretty do. much know that there aren't, right? I've seen them in movies. Well, they <laughs> They, they don't do They might be. They probably don't do, yeah, comic book podcasts. The galaxy is the they Milky do. Way galaxy, right? How many solar oh, yeah. systems are there in the galaxy? There's diamond ships 23, to the other 24. solar systems? There's diamond ships to the <laughs> other solar systems? Not on time. Um, oh, so just like here on Earth. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, but uh, worse. Uh, so my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. Hey, follow us on the internet. Is that how we start this? That's how we used to. We could, yeah. Hey, I don't remember. I haven't done this. Oh, we could even do stuff like you could leave comments or critiques. No, critiques. yeah, leave leave critiques. No, nope, just comments. Happy uh, comments. Give us your thoughts on the whole Yale Stewart situation. Uh, yeah, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I do. I don't want to talk about. We're it. not going to cover that in the news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back. It's been a month. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it is crazy. We all went on vacation, not together, but almost a, at the same time. There, it was ridiculous. There was a confluence of events. Everyone's like, "I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation too." It was, it was perfectly planned out because we all. It was one person at a time. Almost there was a little, there was a little overlap. overlap with that you, was you and Kevin. Disastrous. Was it disastrous? <sighs> no, it was just annoying it, for me. I yeah. definitely got tired. It burned everybody. I, out. I had to do both things at both stores each day. Uh, I heard from a other employee that this the most they've ever seen you like perhaps close to snapping to no like, really yeah they're like nick seemed really pissed off like no he, he was really off. quiet i was really tired name names yeah. no names oh, i'm sure it was teague maybe <laughs> i mean she's the only other person that works here no, no but i was i, didn't tell I was story. so i was so tired at tuesday because we yep. got uh, the shipment in at vienna and i did all that and then i came here and did the exact same thing i was like i don't want to do this anymore hey this is a pretty good start we should take another <laughs> month break yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, Recharge our batteries. But enough about us. What have you guys been doing? <laughs> uh, we went on vacation, all of us, right? That yep. is, yep. Yeah, did, we just talked about that. Let's do a roll, roll call. Where'd you go, Jared? Uh, I drove to, let's see, Connecticut, uh, let's see, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Montreal and Quebec. Didn't you go to Canada, too? <laughs> and Ayo. Canada. Those are places again. Hey, uh, nailed it. Some we're really on a roll here, you guys. No, we're, um, we're rocking it. What were you doing in those places? I was going on a trip with my family, like just kind of cruising around thing. But unfortunately, we went to all those places instead of chilling out and relaxing. So it was a lot of driving and very tiring. Yeah, you could have been. And then I came back and it was tiring. The ball outside of the school. <laughs> um, yep. Well, that's, that sounds fun. It was yeah. awesome. I saw whales. But I hey, saw a moose. I need a vacation from my vacation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I know, I know what you're saying, man. Uh, what about you, Nick? Well, well I'll, I'll go to me because mine is uneventful. I just, <laughs> Kevin, uh, go to yourself. I had a, yeah, uh, let me pass the mic to me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I have a bunch of comics coming out for SPX, so I was just working on those. That does not sound like a vacation. Uh, no, but it's not being at work. Where, where can we find out more information about these comics? SPXPO.com. Kevin Panetta at Twitter. Kev, at, Kev, oh, oh, sorry. At Twitter? Oh, you were passing. You were throwing it over to me. Yep. You set it up. I did not knock it down. Uh, yeah. Some yeah. Follow me on Twitter. At Kevin, Kevin made sure it didn't fall over. He's like, whoa, whoa. That's a little shaky. There. You can catch me uh, tweeting about the new Taylor Swift song. Uh-huh. It's uh, pretty good. I like it. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got uh, three comics coming out at SPX. Hachi machi. Yeah. I got a comic called Mutant Punks. That's going to be pretty good. Also have a toy that goes along with that one, so that's exciting new news. Wow. I'm buying um, one. Machine Gun Kelly's number two. Yay. Sweet. And um, 
I'm doing a comic with Coleman Engel called Toon Parade, which oh, really? is going to be pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. Uh, very like Hanna-Barbera style thing. That's great. Awesome. And I just worked on that stuff. I watched a lot of... Um, I didn't really watch Sailor anything. Moon? No, I just... I, I read some comics. Oh, that's... Or Bla- I reread Black Hole. Oh, yeah. It's a good book. Would you teach... Charles Burns. Like an orangutan to read <laughs> with it? Yeah, I wonder if that's why... I mean, I, I kept hearing about the monkeys reading Black Hole, and I was like... Oh, have you not seen that yet? No, I haven't seen oh, that. Man. I didn't like the first one. Really? And we're so talking good. about uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Uh, um, in case it's you great. don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's much so. better, but it's also... It's similar. pretty similar. No, yeah. there's a lot more, like, ape things. They that's have true. machine guns and they're on horses, so yeah, that seems cool. They do. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And, of course, I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. as did everybody, I yep. would assume. Like everybody listening to this podcast. Hopefully. Um, and, yeah, that's about it for me. So what about you, Nick? What did you do? Uh, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey. All right. Let's uh, no, do some I, reviews. I went to... Uh, <laughs> first, I went to... You went, like, uh, all over the place. Outer Banks, and then I went drove from there to Tennessee, in the middle of nowhere, near Knoxville. Um, that was fun. And then <laughs> that was fun. last week for two days, I took a mini vacation. I went to Bush Gardens. And oh, yeah. Did you go to Minnesota? I went to yeah, <laughs> where they make all the mini Starbursts. And then I went to... <laughs> where did I go after that? Uh, and then I went to the beach again. You huh? know, but... Uh, don't you guys hate when you're eating a Starburst and you're like, yeah, this Starburst is too freaking big. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had mini Starbursts. Um, yeah, Bush Gardens was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. There's a lot of cool roller coasters. Did you ride roller, some roller coasters? coasters? Yeah. Did you drink some Anheuser Busch beers? I didn't actually. That must did, be a did thing, you, though, right? Yeah, they have a lot. You can buy beer all over the place there, but can it was you too buy expensive. It on the roller coaster? It was like ten dollars. That would be great. You get to the top to the peak <laughs> of the roller coaster and they're like selling you beer. It's yeah. just like a marathon. You just hold out your hand and <laughs> no, a beer is put in. I it. And then you go down and it all just goes. I definitely <laughs> saw people waiting in line drinking beer. I was like, all right, I guess you can drink right. That's why you go to Bush Gardens. You didn't go to. Coke Gardens, Coke yeah. Gardens, where they give you cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not quite on the record. Yeah, um, Coke Gardens are nice. Uh, I like Rock Gardens better. Rock Gardens are good. <laughs> um, you can smoke that rock. Uh, that rock. I went on the Griffin. That was right. I went on the Griffin. I think that's the only one I remember. Oh, the Loch Ness monster, named for the wow. mythical beast. Yeah, both of those. I went to, <laughs> I went to, I went to, to the London part of it. There's like they're all like different European countries. <laughs> like the Griffin, uh, it was styled after London, Ontario. <laughs> uh, no, it was, um, I went into the recreation of the uh, Globe Theater. It was really? not really a recreation, but no. it was supposed to be like the Globe Theater. I went to the real Globe Theater. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Boo. <laughs> Which is technically a recreation of the real Globe Theater. On, it is, yeah. yeah, on America. So I went to the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just in a different country and smaller. Um, well, that sounds good. That sounds like a real vacation. It's fun, yeah. Two real vacations. Are you going to go back to Greece anytime soon? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your green card status? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a legal citizen. Are Just you? leave it at that. Of both places? <laughs> no, maybe. You don't know. I don't know. I think I'm a Greek citizen. I don't really know. What happens if Greece invades America? What side are you fighting for? I don't know. Probably Greece. Yeah. No. Oh, probably America. I changed my answer. <laughs> the, the winning side. The winning side. Probably, probably America. Yeah. So yeah. you just like collaborate in whichever side. Maybe a short conflict. Maybe. Greece yeah. is like, we're going to send our four tanks. <laughs> and you have to be like, <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> yeah, on a boat. <laughs> no, they either just drive them into the ocean. They won't let us go on any of the beaches. <laughs> um, cool. Well, those are all our vacations, you guys. Yeah. Yep. Has anything been going on in the world? Oh, lots of terrible things have been going on in the world, so we shouldn't just talk about yeah. anything that's going uh, on in the world. I got some awful things. Went to DC Zine Fest. Oh, yeah. So did I. Yeah. I saw you. I was like, what's up? 
Yeah, and I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure I reciprocated your um, greeting. Did you buy any I zines? So. I bought some zines. Yeah. Uh, I bought a RoboCop zine. Oh, really? Yes. Was it good? Yeah. That's cool. It was okay. Um, RoboCop makes it good. I bought um, Rusty and, uh, and Joe? Joe and Choo Choo zine. <laughs> and Choo Choo. <laughs> Rusty Joe and Choo Choo. Add the Choo Choo. Uh, um, I'm a little sorry. I'm a little out of sorts today. What is their... What is their thing called? Dirt Worst. Dirt Worst. That's what I bought. Among other things. Yeah. It had a, it had a little fold out. And, uh, yeah. And I, I, I bought, uh, my wife bought a zine that was like all photographs of flowers. That was really nice. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, nice. it was really cute. That's and, cool. um, yeah. I bought uh, a customer of ours, uh, Luke Stacks. I bought his, he did a zine about heist movies and I bought it. I bought those too. They're really good. And some of them had golden tickets in it. I got one of the no, ones no, with no, a no, gold. No, 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 no. One of them had a golden ticket. Only one? And you won. And yes. I won. Where did you win? A DVD of Thief. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. I was like, hey, Kevin, don't forget to buy that. There's a ticket. And he's like, I won. I'm like, oh, of course you <laughs> And then earlier that day, because I'm a lucky guy, I'm like that one, uh, the like Gladstone from, wait, what's his name? Who's the lucky duck in? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gander Gladstone? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you're, know what you're talking from about. From the duck comics. From the duck. The lucky <laughs> Duck Dynasty? Can't with it. Buck Dynasty? Uh, yeah. And uh, so earlier, I w- there's a gaming store here in D.C. It's pretty nice. It's called Labyrinth. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, I went there. They were having a sale, and you roll a D20 to see what percentage you get off on. on uh, you roll a 20? I roll a 20. Critical hit. Wow. Critical, for free. critical hit to your profits. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that happened, too. Nice. So that's what I did on my vacation. You buy a lot of things? I hope that that shows you that I have a deep life. Do you do? <laughs> Full of meaning. I definitely went two places in the last one. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to the grocery store a few times. Whoa. Probably whoa, four whoa. times. Whoa. I usually go whoa. once a week. No wonder you're so tired. Yeah. Um, Wait, once a week? Yeah. Man, you're a beast. You don't go to the grocery store once a week? I can't. I can't. I need all that kind of I feel like once a day. Once Do you? a day? Nah, maybe stop like at the two or three days. Stop at the market. I eat a lot of eggs, you guys. I really? eat a lot of eggs, too. Yeah. I, learned, oh, eggs I, do not. I learned how to poach an egg. Okay. Uh, Do you just like sneak up when the animals and the hunters aren't watching? <laughs> uh, no, you just pay and then you go in. Like, How do you? It seems a little easier. You put it in a bowl of water and you put it in ice or something. Right? No, that's uh, that's a good way to make a hard boiled egg. Uh, hey, let's let's uh, do our new section, you guys, talking about eggs. <laughs> um, yeah, so to poach an egg, you boil the water. Yeah, okay. You put a little, little, just a dab of vinegar in it. And in the water. In the water. Okay. And you put some salt in. It. Okay. You crack the egg into a ramekin. What's a ramekin? Okay, you guys. Uh, Going deep. It's like a little um, porcelain bowl thing. Uh-huh. So uh, it's a, a small bowl. Yeah. And okay. uh, and uh, once the water starts to boil, you stir it and create a war- whirlpool. What? And Sounds then intense. you drop the egg into the middle, and the whirlpool makes all the pe- all the eggs stay together. What? And then you turn off the water, cover it five minutes. Perfect poached egg. That sounds magic. Nice. Talking about eggs. Do you cool it down somewhere? No, it's poached. Mm, Not a hard-boiled egg. It doesn't stay in the shell. This is crazy. I'm going to delete this whole part of the podcast out. (laughs) You guys want to do some news? I like like fried eggs. Yeah, fried eggs are good. I want to experiment. (laughs) This is the Jared Blake's Bernard kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) Scrambled eggs are good. Hold on. We still talking about eggs? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I like omelets, too. <laughs> omelets are good. Those are just scrambled eggs with stuff in between them. <laughs> yeah. No, they're less scrambled than folded. That's true. You can't fold they're scrambled eggs. You won't. No. S- s- what's. 
Um, the, sc- the scrambling is the thing that happens before you cook things. You can, but you don't scramble an omelet. Yeah, you do. You scramble the eggs. Right. That's you when you, you mix. mix it. You don't Scrambles just like, is when it's you don't cooked just like, it's in chunks. You don't just like put a bunch of eggs in a pan and then put stuff on top of them. You like scramble it first and then put it in the pan. Yeah. Right. You scramble the eggs. Scramble the eggs omelet. is when you mix them, right? Yeah. Right. So then they get put back together and become an omelet? Yeah, they're reconstituted. <laughs> an omelet is reconstituted scrambled eggs. An omelet is the scrambled eggs that you don't break into pieces. Yeah. You just leave it as a flat you, sheet of... So you're thinking of eggs. scattered and smothered and covered eggs. Smothered I can't tell if we're gaining listeners or losing them. I don't know either. Maybe but different. And I'm starting to actually not be sure of my position on this. <laughs> Hashtag eggs. All right, let's do some news. It's just a... The book is called Gotham by Midnight. Now, there was a book called Gotham by Midnight before, right? I don't know. Sounds Gotham familiar. by Gaslight? Uh, what oh, what is right. that? Anyway, this is uh, a horror book set in Gotham. Uh, the main character is Jim Corrigan, who is the Spectre, and it's got you know a bunch of other Batman characters, but none of them are particularly recognizable. Uh, Lisa Drake doctor maybe they're new characters i don't know but anyway it spins out of batman eternal that's had uh specter investigating like ghosts and stuff in, in, out underneath uh arkham asylum so yeah i don't know this seems all right what do you guys think um it seems like they're gonna be a lot of batman books yeah like yeah. even more than that are winding up were. a couple but not enough to balance it well out, the good thing know? is like most of the ones coming out now are don't have batman in them like, this doesn't have Batman in it. I mean, I'm sure it'll show up. Sure, but even just a lot of... There are a lot of Batman universe books. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when the New 52 restarted, there were 14. We counted them at one yeah. point. And uh, I think it got canceled. Yeah, Dark Knight doesn't come out anymore, does Batwing it? Batwing is over. Is Batwing over? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. It seems like the new ones they're adding are pretty great. I mean, we've talked about some of them before. Yeah, yeah like Gotham Academy, right? Did we talk about that? It's been yeah, a long think, time since we've done I a podcast. Time we <laughs> did. Remember. I think we did. Gotham okay. Academy with Becky Cloonan. That sounds good. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, next piece of news. Marvel announced that they cast Adrian Adrian Palicki as Bobby Morse, who is Mockingbird for the second season of Agents of Shield. Yeah. So uh Mockingbird is kind of uh, a partner of Hawkeye a yeah, lot in the which comics. Is pretty interesting. Yeah. She's yeah. an Avenger. I thought her name was like Kate something. No, that's no, not the modern that's Hawkeye. one. That's the new Hawkeye. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So this yeah. is like old school yeah. Hawkeye um, team up. Yeah, so uh Somebody posted online, like, um, it was Tom Spurgeon from Comics Reporter, and I thought this was pretty funny. He, he was like, uh, is Mockingbird taller than Hawkeye in the comics? <laughs> <laughs> I think she is, actually. I hope so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is, you know, Adrian Palicki was um, in the Wonder Woman pilot. Yeah. Which didn't, which never got made. Oh, really? um, Yeah. Oh, uh, it was not good. It was uh, David E. Kelly. Oh, that, that one. Yeah. It was like a legal drama. Right? Yeah. It was the guy that did Ally McBeal. Yeah. And uh, it was not, it was not great, but she's good and she's in um, About a Boy, which is a show that I watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I think she'll be good. Yeah, she'll be good. Uh, I wonder if Hawkeye will show up. On I hope show. so. I, 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 That'd I'm, be cool. I'm curious to see what they do in the second season. I felt like the first season started off not great and really ramped up towards the end. Yeah. And, they need to uh, have some more of the kind of big shots show up. Yeah, and by the end they had um, Nick Fury and uh, yeah, 
Um, Sif was on an episode. Maria Hill and Sif on it. Yeah, so maybe next year they'll have um, Robert Downey Jr., but probably not. <laughs> they should have Benicio Del Toro. They should, they should have the collector. Probably, probably. They, should, they could have Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> they could have Howard the Duck. They could have Howard the Duck. That'd be awesome. Um, next piece of news is that Boom announced they're, they're doing an ongoing Capture Creatures series by Frank Gibson and Becky Drysdale. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Capture right. Creatures is cool. What is it? Uh, if you don't know what it is, Jared, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is. It was is a it series something of, that cool kids are into. Uh, like the youth. Some of the cool kids. Me. Yeah. I'm yeah. a youth. I'm I'm younger, younger than me. I'm hip. <laughs> um, uh, no, Capture Creatures was uh, a series like of paintings Pokemon? that um, Becky Drysdale did, uh, and they yeah it was kind of like their own version of Pokemon. And oh they, wait, I did see that they did like a book of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. did a book. Uh, they did a Gallery Nucleus show, oh. and they did a book that came out from that. I think we're getting the book pretty soon, actually. I think we ordered it from Benign Kingdom. But, uh, yeah. And so now, instead of just being an art thing, they're change- They're making it into an ongoing series over a boom. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. Becky's art is great. Uh, Frank's been writing the Gumball book, and it's been pretty solid. Yeah. So I think this will be a good comic. It'll be fun. Yeah. For sure. And then, um, well, this says DC Zine Fest report. I think we already did that. DC yep. Zine Fest was pretty good. It was great. Uh, and Good turnout. And then, uh, Jared, you've got some retrofit news because this is the Big Planet Comics slash Retrofit podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we just announced uh, basically a, a large part of the lineup we're going to do for 2015 uh, that we're going to co-publish comics with Retrofit. So we've got some really cool ones. Uh, first up, um, our first graphic novel, or I guess maybe our second, uh, we're going to do a James Colchaka book of his fungus short comics all collected together, and that will come out at SPX. And then next year, we're going to see, this is just the name of people we're doing. We've got Matt Madden, Yumi Sakagawa, Sophie Franz, Laura Lands, uh, Kate Leth, Andrew Lorenzi, Laura Netzker, Mary Odomo, and Stephen Weisman. And then Josh Burgraff is going to do another issue of his Future Shock anthology as editor. And then Box Brown will do uh, two comics, probably. And we might have some more stuff, but definitely all those people. Those are some good people. Yeah. We're pretty excited. Lots of good people there. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I guess that's it for news, you guys. Although we do have some signings we do. coming up. We've got a signing this weekend. That's a good one to talk about. Yeah. So on Saturday, August 23rd, uh, Coleman Engel and Jeremy Cerise uh, are signing Steven Universe. Uh, they're the writer and artist of that, or yeah. artist and writer, the way I said it. And uh, that's going to be from noon to 2 p.m. in Vienna and 3 to 5 p.m. on U Street. And uh, on Friday night, before the signing, Coleman and I are going to play the Silent Hill demo that came out. So <laughs> cool. keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, Friday through Sunday, September 5th through 7th, is Baltimore Comic Con. I assume we're going to have a table there. We'll have at least two and a half booths. It's going to be big this year. Two and a half booths. Booths. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and then on, uh, can I, do I get into that for free? Maybe. We'll talk off the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on Thursday, September 11th, uh, Nick Abazis and Simon Fraser are signing uh, their Doctor Who book at the Black Cat. Yep. Uh, from 830 to 10, but this is hosted by us, right? Yep. Just got it locked down. Uh, that's cool. I thought that this was going to be at one of our stores, but nope. it is instead We've been going, working to, to do it at the Black Cat. Instead, going to be at a rock and roll club. Um, that's cool. Uh, Friday, September 12th, the Big Planet Small Press Expo kickoff party. What? With Mari Naomi. Man, these things are all back-to-back. Yumi Tsukagawa. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, James Kolchaka and um, Box Brown. And they're going to be doing presentations from 7 to 10 p.m. at College Park. Yep, and then we'll hang out and like chat and draw stuff and whatever. Yeah. We'll see. Play. I'll be over there. Yep, it'll be awesome. Seven something. Yeah, I'll probably be over there, too. Um, okay, and then on that weekend, Saturday and Sunday, September 13th through 14th, 
in North Bethesda, Maryland, is the Small Press Expo. So yeah, that's just like Comics Week. It's going to be bananas. Yeah, so Small Press Expo, over 650 creators, oh, so including good. me. Yep. Nick. Yep. James Sturm. Yep. <laughs> and Retrofit will have a table. It'll be it'll be a good show. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, September 21st through 27th is Band Books Week with a focus on comics and graphic novels. Yep. Uh, and that some of that stuff is going on around here, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. I assume. We'll do something. Uh, Saturday, October 4th, Richmond Zine Fest from 11 to 5. And Wednesday, October 8th. Otis Frampton is going to be signing his new book, Oddly Normal. Yep. Coming out from Image, right? Yep. Yeah. So he's, he's another local guy. Again, no idea. He's got an Image book. Yeah. Is he related talk to, him to about Peter? How I get an Image book. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So so on October 8th, Frampton comes alive <laughs> signing Oddly Normal. I'm sure he loves it when people say that all oh, the time sure, forever. Sure. Okay. Well, that is it for uh, news. Hey, uh, thanks for making news, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's answer some questions. We have a bunch. All right. Um, up first, we have a question from Connor. Connor says, is now of Brown offensive slash unrealistic for now being able to overcome mental illness without a therapist? Um, I don't know that that's offensive. I mean, I think that's, you know, people. Uh, yeah, I think less offensive and the unrealistic charge might be more valid. But I mean, it's something, you know, people, people deal with things in different ways. And yeah. uh, some people can, I, I would assume, overcome some of their problems and without it's, a therapist it's, but it's also a, a storytelling thing you know that you know it's, it's a better way to tell the story that her character has changed and she's kind of developed in a different way yeah and and i feel like not everything needs to be taken as a parable you know yeah. it's not necessarily saying that one thing is the right way to do something right it is uh mostly just a story uh and uh he also says what are some amazing comics without violence in them that's Oof, interesting that's um, a tough question violence is a pretty big crutch for a lot of stories even ones that you think aren't violent when you analyze it you're like oh and then there's a fight scene or well i think especially when you're dealing with genre stuff so you're mostly going to not have any superhero stuff because that's all about power fantasy struggle stuff and there are lots of fights and violence and then even uh the bigger stuff that's not uh superhero stuff tends to be in genres like sci-fi and fantasy which usually tend to also revolve around that stuff as well but um i think once you get into the realm of uh independent comics you find a lot of stuff like say um uh, Ghost World, I think, would be a good example of a comic yeah. that doesn't have violence. I was thinking, like, this one summer. I was trying to think if there's, there's, like, some shouting and stuff, but there's not really any physical violence in it, right? Yeah. Um, Green River Killer? Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that's, uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, there's... There actually is no violence in Green River Killer. No. Well, there's some... They talk about... Yeah. I mean, murders and stuff. The, yeah. You never actually see a murder, though. I mean, and then... Um, or, there's yeah. a lot of like you know like uh there's a lot of autobiographical stuff that i feel like doesn't really have yeah. like you know and tons of kids comics obviously but stuff like uh, relish uh vanessa davis's uh is it called how to be a woman that's a great comic yeah. uh yeah relish doesn't have any violence in it um i'm trying to think if there's anything that's kind of genre that doesn't but it all yeah does. there might be a few <laughs> but yeah it, there'd be exceptions to the rule and there are a lot of historical comics um that are not you know focused on war and stuff that right. are also very not violent uh drifting life although that has some war stuff in it too so i don't yeah. know uh, but uh it's a good question yeah it can be tough but i think there's some stuff out there yeah yeah um and then uh how does violence affect how comic stories are told uh i think it's you know can easily be it's it's a catalyst for a lot of stories obviously yeah. something some something happens and it's 
typically when you, I feel like when you're telling a story, the the thing you want to do is sort of tear your character's world apart, and violence right. is kind of an easy way yeah, to do that. A, a quick way to do it, really. And then usually in the third act of a story, violence is, is the solution as well. <laughs> so um, yeah. I don't violence know. Violence is a part of life. Yeah, but it, it's, you know, I think it's a part of stories more than hopefully it's a part of most people's everyday lives. I don't know. Everything in this world is slightly violent. Nick's trying to invade being America philosoph- over there. Philosophical. That's true. You're being real philosophical. I'm being a falafel. Being a falafel. Yeah, so um, I think it can be a crutch, and maybe more people tr- need to try to tell stories with less violence in them. But uh, Well, it's such an easy thing to do. It is, so, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's kind of, it's thrilling it's, it's, it's exciting a, yeah. yeah it's a thing it's, that's different than what most people are like if yeah. you're escaping you know things like sword fights and car yeah. chases and things like that are things that people like to read about um yeah. but uh yeah hopefully that's a little bit helpful connor maybe we should have done a little more research just said, <laughs> I just said demon um no oh wait no just try to answer a question i just remember what demon was about yeah demon oh, is a boy. good book but i think like, it looks cute but uh there's a lot of there are a lot of triggers <laughs> yes <laughs> uh all right so uh the next question is from eli from minnesota he says hey guys i hey. love the podcast i can't even begin to tell you how many great comics i've raced read based on your recommendations oh. that's a nice thing for somebody to say that's good as a seventh grade English teacher, I've I even begun to work one of your highest recommendations, Leica, into my curriculum. So thanks. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Hey, thank you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and then he has a question. After reading the first trade of Sex Criminals, I'm looking for more funny stuff. So what's the funniest, most laugh out loud comic book slash graphic novel you've ever read? Let's just no, go around man. the table. Man, ever. Uh, we were just talking about uh, one today. Uh, was it? Dumb Dirty Eyes? Yeah, My Dumb Dirty Eyes by Lisa oh, Hannawalt. That book is so funny. So hilarious. Really funny. Uh, she does a lot of like uh, movie reviews and stuff in there that are really funny, but then there are just a bunch of t- tons of funny skits. She makes fun of um, like corporate logos and slogans, and t- yeah. a lot of that stuff is really hilarious. Uh, Tales Designed to Thrizzle is a really funny comic yeah, really yeah. Uh, by um, Michael Kupperberg. And then also his um, unofficial autobiography of Mark Twain. Is that oh, what it's right. called? That book is that. great. It, yeah. is a, it is told from uh, Mark Twain's point of view as a ghost living through the 20th century. And it's pretty fantastic. Also, uh, Quantum and Woody, which comes on a regular basis, is super, super funny. Uh, and the old ones are funny, too. Yeah. The old yeah. Quantum and Woody. Uh, Ecstatics. Uh, if you want a superhero oh, yeah. thing that's really funny, that was a really biting satire of like sort of uh, maybe a little ahead of its time too. Very sort of, of, of its time, yeah. Of like reality show uh, fame like superhero dropping. dynamics, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Perry Bible Fellowship is one of my favorites. Perry Bible Fellowship is really funny. It's great. Yeah, there's, really there's some really funny ones out there. I mean, Calvin and Hobbes, y'all. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> serious. Nancy. Though. Nancy yeah. Oh yeah, actually, um, Nancy. Nancy's really uh, funny. Any of the Ernie Bushmiller Nancy comics are really funny. Just the deadpan delivery and stuff is yeah is really great. It's good. Yeah, good stuff. so much good stuff. Oh, and Ivan Brunetti's got some really dark, funny stuff. That's oh, yeah. True. Uh, yeah, also some Johnny Ryan stuff. Yeah. Oh, Johnny Ryan. Yes. Some Johnny Ryan's dark. like, I want, there's, you need another adjective besides dark, like twisted or <laughs> deviant. or He's amazing. Yeah. He's so We're good. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Gross out. But Super hilarious. offensive. Yeah, yeah offensive. Yeah. That's a better word. Uh, yeah, so those are some funny comics. Uh, and Eli says, thanks, Eli from Minnesota. And he says, P.S. Love the guest hosts you've been having lately. Nice. We do, too. Yeah. Who were they? Kelly. Uh, Kelly and Brooke. And Brooke. And Brooke. Hey. And here they are not. And here they are now. 
Hello, <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, someone's at the door. Um, we should do more like character stuff on the show. Yeah, have yeah. people come in and be fake yeah, yeah. people. That would be amazing. Definitely do it. Oh. Nick and I did a podcast like that. It never got released, but it was pretty <laughs> stupid. It was great. Oh, really? Uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, man, do you have that somewhere? I do have it. I can send it to you. I want to listen to it tonight. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what was it? Uh, it's our friend John McNamee, who yeah. uh, is a writer. He moved out to L.A. He's a writer. He does a really great daily comic called Pie, uh, Pie Comic that you should check out. But yeah, we did a fake NPR podcast and Nick and I were both characters on it. I That's was awesome. I was a best-selling author who spent a year living as a racist. <laughs> and Nick was a guy who had a gold mine and um was basically ran a charity to help orphans, but really he was just using the orphans to mine for gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um <laughs> Oh man, I need to listen to that. Soundscapes is I what it was. I feel like called. it was funny, but I was probably really drunk, so I don't know. It was it's pretty funny. I, I want to listen to it. Since then. Okay. Well, so um we've had we have another question. Yeah. Uh, two other questions. We do a lot of questions because we've been gone for a month. <laughs> yeah, but I will say our favorite thing on the show yeah. is answering questions. So always the best. Part. Always ask us as many questions as you can ever think of, even stupid questions like about and like this one, <laughs> like this one from Pat. <laughs> uh, Pat says, with the plethora of comic book based television shows in the fall schedule, which one are you most looking forward to, and what one will fail miserably? Hmm. Well, so there's so what we've got. We've got Constantine. Yep, we got Constantine. We've got the Flash. Yep, we've got I Zombie. Oh, right. And we got Gotham. From the creators of Veronica oh, Mars. Yep, yep. Um, so I think... Are we forgetting it? Did you say Flash? You said yep. Gotham. Did you say Constantine? Yeah, you said that. There might be something else even. A zombie. Uh, oh, um, Agent Carter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. Okay, so uh, I think Agent Carter is going to be really successful. I will say that. I think yeah. so. Uh, and I think I Zombie, just because it's uh, Rob Thomas... Uh, from Veronica Mars, will fail miserably. <laughs> it might, but it, but uh, but it'll be the best. But it'll be good. It'll yeah. be the best of the bunch. Uh, I think Gotham's going to be really popular, but it's going to be stupid. I think it's. Really? It looks like Batman I already babies. Think it's stupid, yeah. And I haven't even watched an episode. There's like Muppet Baby. It's like Muppet Babies, Batman. It's yeah, I don't understand why they didn't just do Gotham Central. And Ryan from the OC is Commissioner Gordon. I, I mean, Ryan's great. I mean, when, young Gordon. Look, when Marissa died and Ryan became a pit fighter, it was pretty fantastic. I, yeah. I will admit that. <laughs> um, but uh, and then uh, it's flashed by the same Smallville. Yep, it's Arrow like people. Arrow people, not spinoff of Arrow. So yeah, I, yeah. I haven't been watching Arrow, but I've heard a lot of people say it's gotten really good. People so, love it, yeah. um, I might, I might have to catch up on that. We should do like an Arrow catch up uh, yeah. part of the podcast yeah. to start from the beginning. Is it green catch up? Yeah. We should do that. We'll watch like an episode every week or something like that. Oh boy! No, I don't know. It's good. If it's, only, if it's good. only one a week, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I so I don't know about the Flash. I will say I loved the old Flash TV show when I was a little kid. Yeah, I did too. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, with the great ghost. One. Yeah, and Mark Hamill as great uh, ghost was. My oh, really? Favorite. Yeah, Mark Hamill was the trickster. Yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, Pat, um, we uh, picked all the right ones. I don't know. I'm gonna go. For, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to Constantine. Actually. Oh yeah, I forgot about Constantine. I think that'll be cool. I, it looks pretty good. I think Constantine will be popular too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, people like that kind of super. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I mean, Grimm has been on for like four seasons. And no, really. um, how is that possible? And what the. I don't know anybody. Well, Supernatural's been on for like seasons. Sleepy Hollow or whatever's been doing really well. So yeah. they've got some like. But Grimm? And Supernatural's <laughs> ending this year, so maybe Constantine will be the show that people kind of pick up. Yeah, like Once we, Upon a Time. Talk about some Grimm? <laughs> uh, Grimm is the one that's like exactly like Supernatural, right? It's like two brothers fighting demons. Yeah, except they're the, all based on Grimm fairy tales. Yeah. yeah. And Once Upon a Time is just I fables. I can't believe that show's yeah. still on. Oh, I, you, do, I didn't know it was still on. Yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe Jeez. it just ended. Is leverage it, still it went on? on for at least four seasons. <laughs> is Warehouse 13 still on? It just ended. Maybe. Oh, oh did it? Okay. <laughs> because somebody told me that, and I was like, wait, that show's still is on? Is leverage still on? Probably. Okay. Uh, what about Surface? No. <laughs> <laughs> With Carla Gugino. I definitely enjoyed that show. I watched Invasion. I'll I enjoyed that, that show, too. With uh, did, you, did you see the new Ninja Turtles movie? No. Okay. Oh, but... Surface had, had the one of those things where it was like the worst possible. Like it, it was like a, they had a season finale, but the show was canceled. But the season finale was like the most awesome thing. It would have so like the entire town that the city took place got in, completely flooded, and there were giant monsters everywhere. And then it ended. I was like, what? So like it was the was that the first season? So yeah. basically, finally did the like got to where it wanted to be as right. a show, and then yeah. were like, and so their entire town is overtaken by giant like kaiju sized monsters, and then it <laughs> ended. I was like, no, I like Carla awesome. Gugino. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's right. good. Yeah. Is she in that show? Yeah, wasn't she like the main person in I that don't show? I think so. No, maybe I'm thinking of something. Else. <laughs> um. Anyway, thanks for the question, Pat. Yep. Pat, keep sending us questions. You always send us questions. Yeah, and that was great. good ones. Assuming this is the same Pat. I think. Uh, all right, now we have a question from Anna. Anna says, hey, guys. Hey. Very, hey, very rude. Guys. Hey, Anna. There we go. Uh, I have recently gotten into superhero comics after being an indie snob for years and years. You should have just been in, stayed an indie snob. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Uh, currently, <laughs> I am reading and loving Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool, and Daredevil. Um, however, I realize I am becoming a Marvel-only junkie and want to get into some DC titles. Why? I would say that's not necessarily a necessary thing. Marvel's putting out a lot of good stuff. But, uh... A woman at your Bethesda store struggled to give me something and uh, ended up giving me Secret Six, which I am reading at work tomorrow. Uh, Secret Six was a good series. That was the Gail Simone. Yeah. Really yeah. funny book. Uh, but I want to read some big name titles. Are all the DC so bad that I should avoid them entirely? That really bums me out. Thanks, Anna. Huh? The main Batman book is good. Uh, yep. Bat- and it just hit a good jumping on point uh, with zero year finishing up. Uh, yeah. so, so you can jump on that with issue 34. Yeah, there's a lot of good Batman stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, Detective Comics, the new storyline's really good. Batman uh, Eternal's really good. Batman and Robin has stayed pretty yeah. great. It's pretty yeah. solid. Uh, and definitely Wonder Woman. Wonder if you Woman's haven't read any of that, definitely our go-to. although the run ends in like two months. But, but, you should still but read that's okay. It. You it's start at the beginning awesome. and uh, read all that. Read all that. Um, beyond that, I mean, I do like. Swamp Thing is great. Yeah, Swamp Thing's great. I And uh, since Charles Sewell. That took over. I think it's been really good. Yeah. Um, Jeff Lemire's run on Animal Man. Animal Man Animal was really Man. good. <laughs> uh, and um, I'm like an action comic still right now. Yeah, action the Greg good. Pack stuff. I think sure. it's been pretty solid. So uh, maybe some of those. Those new are Batgirl all when it starts. Yeah, but yeah, that's oh, what I was going to say. When Gotham There's so Ac- much new stuff coming up. Yeah. When Gotham Academy and Batgirl start, uh, get those. Get those. Uh, this is these sort of Cameron Stewart. Uh, line of bat books that's coming right. out are going to be pretty awesome so i would say definitely check those out i think they're both coming out in october so pretty soon yeah, yeah. i think i just i was doing previews today and i ordered 75 of each which is a lot for nice us. <laughs> uh yeah so thanks for the question anna if you guys have questions any of you be you the people that already send questions mm-hmm. or be you someone else <laughs> uh, you can send those to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com you can send them to twitter at bigplanetcomics or you can follow me on twitter at kevin Panetta. and uh yeah, you guys want to do some reviews? Yeah. Let's do it. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right, it's been a month, so we have a lot of comics to so talk about. So many comics yep. to talk about. So let's start with Blades and Lasers, number one and two by Benjamin Mara. <laughs> uh, Nick, why don't you tell people what Blades and Lasers <laughs> is about? Blades and Lasers is about... Um, a spacefaring duo. Uh, one is 
not named Blades and Lasers. I thought no. that was going to be their name, but no. no. One guy has lasers, and the other guy has blades. He's like a barbarian type guy. Another guy's kind of a futuristic, uh, almost like a bounty hunter. He's like a guy. laser wizard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, His lasers do whatever they want to do. Yeah, and they go around the uh, galaxy fighting uh, space demons uh, for hire, mostly. Um, yeah, and uh, the first issue. Well, I guess it's it's only is it only two issues? It seems like it. Has. I hope not. I want but more. it also seems like they could do more. Yeah, right. it's like each one could stand on its own. This, yeah, is, so, this is kind of a good storyline of these two, though. Yeah, basically they are fighting demons, giant yeah. demons, yeah, who Somebody. all speak the same intergalactic demon language, <laughs> according to the notes. Uh, yeah, and they well, they get in a what do they do? They get in a little trouble with some people who need yeah help. So somebody well, they basically get hired to do it yeah and like the people who are doing it are often up to no good they get hired just to summon this like super huge space demon um and it goes terribly wrong and they get double crossed and yeah and it's good it's if you've ever read any other benjamin mara stuff it's uh, very similar he likes to uh work in the most extreme genres so um like he did a book called gangster rap posse which is very super violent yeah. like rap uh, like, like if the lyrics to gangster rap songs from the '90s were all real, yeah. basically, and then he does a comic called Night Business, which is um, kind of like an '80s slasher yeah. uh, cop thing that's uh, pretty <laughs> extreme. And uh, he has a crazy art style, and uh, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. These are he's amazing. one of my inspirations for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he does good stuff, and Blades and Lasers is no exception. That's yeah, true. and they're amazing, and they're risographed with like pink as the main color. Yeah. They're so awesome. Yeah, hot. Hot pink. Hot pink, yeah, neon pink. There you go. All right, up next we've got Bodies, number one. Um, we're probably going to go through these pretty fast. So. Yeah. Uh, this is written by Cy Spencer with art by Megan Hetrick, Dean Ormston, uh, Tula Lote, uh, who was the artist on Supreme Blue Rose. Yeah, which and, was uh, cool. She was doing all the stuff yeah. showing up all at once. And uh, Phil Winslade. And it is about a body that appears in the same place in London over uh, three different time periods? Four. Four, Four different time periods. And um, that's pretty much it right now. They're, like, setting up all the different uh, stories that are going on. It's all, like, the factors. kind of characters who would be investigating a, a finding a body in different times. So the, the four times are 1890, 1940, 2014, and 2050. Yeah. So, yeah, so 1890 kind of is, like, the Jack the Ripper time. Yeah. And literally 19... are like, is this more Jack the Ripper? And, and then 1940 yeah. is during the Blitz. Yep. And uh, modern and, day and then future time. Yeah. And it, I thought it was a pretty interesting setup. Uh, they kind of set up mysteries in all the stories. And yeah, a lot uh, of interesting characters in each story. But then they all seem to tie together because there is a body in every yeah. place. The same body. Yeah. Um, I think the art works pretty well. Each one's kind of well suited, I'd say, to the time frame they got assigned to. Uh, but the jumps between the chapter, like they they don't go back and forth. It's like this is in this time, and then you read the next chapter. Well, it's, cool. it's easy like to differentiate because a different artist does every time period. Right, right, right. But I'm saying it's not like you do one page of 1940 and then it jumps no, to another no. page. It's like eight page, eight page, or whatever it is, you know, like yeah. that. Um, so I think you know the contrast is pretty good, but it doesn't. It's not too jarring when it switches. Yeah, I th- um, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool start. I thought overall, yeah, it was it was good. I thought it was. I think it's one of the best new Vertigo things I've read in a while. That's true. Yeah, for sure. um, Vertigo used to be like, you know, if you wanted interesting kind of crazy stories, uh, that's where you would go. And I think they've fallen off in the last few years uh, to a point where people were talking about them maybe not existing. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it was was getting pretty dark. There was a a spot there where basically Fables and uh, Jack of Fables were the only 
uh, Vertigo books coming out. But uh, yeah, now it seems like they're starting to put some new Bouncing stuff out, back. and it's and it's good. Uh, all right, up next we've got Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers number one. This is written by Joe Casey and like bodies, it has a few different artists. Uh, one is Nathan Fox. He's the main. Uh, artist. He's the main yep. artist. Yeah, yeah, he's the main artist. Uh, so each issue he will be doing the main story, and then there's either one or two backup people. Uh, um, and then there's a section of this by Jim Rugg, which is pretty awesome. Yep. yep. And then also a section by uh, Ulysses Fairness. Which is also awesome. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of uh, Yale Stewart. And uh, yeah, so... One uh, of the future ones has Benjamin Mara. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah Michael Fife yeah. does uh, the next one. But yeah, so this is about Captain Victory, who's like kind of an intergalactic space hero. And these are all Jack Kirby characters. Yeah, right? this is a Jack Kirby character from when he was doing stuff with... Um, uh, Pacific Comics? Was oh, that really? The, I think so, yeah. It was the 80s stuff that he was doing. Basically, after he left... Uh, DC for the last time, I think after Hunger Games, not wow. Hunger Games, Hunger Dogs. Hunger Hunger Dogs. Games. Um, That'd be amazing. <laughs> and uh, after, he did some crazy stuff in DC in the 80s. He did that Superpower series, yeah. which is pretty incredible. Oh, really? 2001. It was, uh, it was uh, yeah, well, that was the 70s and, and Marvel. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that Superpower series is based on the Kenner Superpowers toy line, but also mm-hmm. it was just like Jack Kirby doing like Dark Side comics and stuff, oh, and yeah. new, new God stuff, but for kids. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. Pretty um yeah, but so this is about Captain Victory, who is uh, kind of a space hero guy, like kind of an Adam Strange, Flash Gordon type. But he's got like a crew, so it's kind of like a little Star Trekky. He's got like a you know various aliens working on a ship that that serve different purposes. Yeah, kind of Star Jammers too. Yeah, kind of space adventure. And uh, so I kind of I think kind of the main crux of this book though is that. Um, Captain Victory is such a hero that they keep backups of him. <laughs> like, right. in case he dies, there, there are all these different bodies that they can transfer his consciousness clone, into. clones of him. And uh, his ship is destroyed, and as a safety measure, all of the different clones activate at the same time. And so there are all these different Captain Victories. In uh, that way, it kind of reminded me of Profit a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But uh, So each of these artists kind of tell a story about a different Captain Victory that's uh, in a different place. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was a pretty interesting idea for a sci-fi book and i thought it worked pretty well yeah i like the uh the, the clone things are pretty interesting one is like a baby <laughs> yeah and the other one is like a mutilated giant man <laughs> yeah um because all the clones like were you know rushed out yeah and they're all in like different stages of, yeah. and stuff uh yeah so i think it's a i think it's a cool idea and it just is going to offer a way to tell a bunch of different sci-fi stories i can't tell which of these are going to continue and which kind right. of wrapped up already or yeah. if some of them will come back and there was definitely a lot of crazy sci-fi jargon which can be a little bit yeah. confusing and muddle the story yeah at times. Your, your description of this made a lot more sense than when i got out of reading <laughs> it like I, I probably read this very quickly but like yeah i'm like oh I get it now. Yeah, that was the main thing. Like, if you didn't catch that, I the whole book probably that. seems super it, it weird. Was, <laughs> yeah. No, it was super weird anyway, but yeah, that, yeah. I was kind of lost. Yeah, so, so um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm excited about some of these backup artists and stuff that are going to be doing this. And yeah, Nathan, they got a and great list I should say people. Nathan Fox's art is incredible. Yeah. I think there was a time in Nathan Fox's career where everybody would just days. say he was like a very like he was like sort a of a wannabe Paul Pope, Pope. Pope. Yeah. yeah but i think he's kind of developed into his own style where at this point you would never mistake nathan that's Fox's art for anybody yeah, it's else very different yeah. yeah yeah and uh the jim rug, rug section is great it's kind of done in almost like a golden age style that's pretty cool and um and then ulysses stuff is always nuts and awesome yeah. so um all right, up next we've got Dark Ages, number one. Uh, this is by Dan Abnett and Ian J. Colbard, the same guys that did New Dead Wardians mm-hmm. 
And uh, Dan Abnett, uh, you know, is one of the creators of Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, right? That's true. Um, and INJ Colbard, we've talked about on here before. He's the guy that puts out 65 graphic novels a year. Yep. And uh, they've yeah. got another comic coming out together soon, too. Don't yeah. They? It's crazy. Yeah. And Colbard's doing uh, Brass, uh, Brass Sun right now, yep. too. And yep. It's pretty nuts. Um, and this is about aliens coming to medieval times, not yeah. the restaurant. Um, it's basically a, <laughs> a bunch of knights are uh, on. More like mercenary scum. Yeah, they're kind guys. of like uh, yeah. knights for hire sort of guys. Mercenary scum. Um, mercenary scum, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're wandering through the woods and they come across this like egg that falls out of the sky and they all start getting eaten by this alien that hatches out of it. And uh, they're trying to find. Uh, places to, to to hide for the night and uh they go to a place that probably is the worst place it could go um and it looks like there's a lot more aliens coming yeah they find a monastery that is probably <coughs> communicating with or worships aliens but these are all like monstrous aliens yeah so. we should say the aliens are just like kind of like dragony kind of like yeah monsters you know they're not like is this a grays or four issue miniseries oh yeah this is all like yeah so this is kind of like lovecraft crossed with you know middle ages stuff i think my favorite thing of in this book was the fact that they go to this monastery for you know sanctuary and it ends up all these guys are worshiping these aliens yeah Yeah, that was pretty awesome that was pretty great uh yeah it was a fun first issue and i i always love colbard's art and uh that's great yeah and uh abnett does good stuff generally too he definitely and i definitely like him more when he's working on stuff like this than like superheroes like new guardians was great yeah when they did that together yeah so good all right up next is demon Number one of this is 21 of 21. That astounded me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, by Jason Shiga. Um, yeah. I, I, I really am wondering where this book is going to go. But Jason Shiga did uh, uh, Book Hunter. And then what was his Choose Your Own Adventure? Meanwhile? 365. Meanwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Or meanwhile, 365. And he also did Fleep, which is one of my favorite comics of all time. Yeah, and he has a super cartoony style, but I feel like he always tackles really interesting subject matter. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this book is definitely no exception. Yeah, literally the first page is a guy writing a suicide note, being very careful, and then he kills himself. Uh, and then uh, three or four pages later, he wakes up again, and he's in bed, and everything's fine. And he's like, what just happened? And so basically, the book is a sequence of him attempting to kill himself over and over, succeeding, and then waking up the next morning in a Groundhog Day type thing, where he's back to life in the morning, except... There's always a slight difference. Like if he hangs himself one day, he'll wake up the next morning and suddenly there's a pile of pills. And if he takes all the pills and dies, he wakes up the next morning and there's a gun. So he's trying to figure out is like, you know, what is happening? Who's manipulating things? How is he coming back to life all the time? So it's kind of an interesting and you mystery. You also see that well, like uh, he, he – time is actually passing because yeah, – yeah. Because the, the after time, effects of yeah, what he, he's he done. He shoots right. himself at one point in the head and he finds the bullet in the wall the next day when he's alive. Yeah, so yeah. clearly it's not just a – reset of the day but like and when this book finishes it, it almost feels like it could be a one shot or something yeah actually yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a one shot but I, I read the uh, the ending where he talks about it he's like it's gonna be about 21 issues yeah but i think the crux of i think the thing that really is gonna end up moving this for story forward is that aspect of it like the idea that the the, the things that he does actually still have effects the next day so it's like right. it's like groundhog day but it's not a complete reset every time and i think that'll uh, uh yeah he just can't to, die yeah, yeah it'll be a chance to and it's also interesting stories. that uh he's has not come to any like sort of moment where he's like oh i don't i want i want to live it's like no he's just he's getting frustrated he's like i'll try this to kill myself so it's like he's still in the same mental state which is pretty interesting it's not like this was the like moment that allowed him to fix his life or whatever it was i i thought one thing that was interesting about this book too is it was silent but i didn't even realize that until after i was done reading it (laughs) oh is there dialogue a little bit oh there's like two words (laughs) yeah and in the back he says like more stuff's gonna happen so i think this was a lot of like setup 
but yeah, almost all of it is just him kind of like silently trying to figure out what's going on, occasionally talking to himself. He's like the only character in this until the last page. Um, it's yeah. a great book. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Un- I love, unlike any- I love Jason Shiga. He's yeah, so good. I do too. And it's unlike anything else that's uh, yep. that's coming out right now. Uh, that cover is really weird and funny. Though. That is a weird choice. Um, all right. Uh, up next, we have uh, Hexed number one. This is written by Michael Allen Nelson, with uh, who wrote the other Hex stuff that came out. But there's a new artist on this, Dan Mora, um, replacing um, uh, Amarillo. 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 Yeah. Amarillo's still doing covers, though. Yeah. And uh, and the art in this is still really good. It's just it's different. amazing. I think and, it's a really good choice. Yeah. And uh, Jared, why don't you tell people what Hex is about? So the original one came out, what, five, six years ago? It was like that. probably Amarillo's first American work, or at least English language work. One uh, of Boom's first books, too. Oh, right. Yeah. Man. So way back when Boom was back establishing Back when they were putting themselves. out, like, uh, like Tag and Two Lost Island yeah. and all right. that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. By the way, uh, so basically the main character, Lucy, is kind of a, a magic using, I want to say she's quite supernatural, but she deals with like arcane things. She's like, like Constantina. Kind of like she's a got, witch. A yeah, magical bit. powers. Uh, and uh, so this storyline, like you can just read this about knowing that there's been a previous series, basically. They do a really good job of setting it up. Uh, she's kind of involved in an art theft kind of world. So it's an interesting mix of like kind of crime capery, you know, uh, Thomas Crown type stuff. Uh, and in this, she the case she gets mixed up in is that there is a kind of cursed slash mystical series of paintings that she's involved in, and then there's like the supporting cast who are like you know the the more powerful witch who's kind of her, her mentor and like teaches her or is kind of setting her in her past. And it was, it, was, it was awesome. I thought it was really yeah, really good. Yeah, and I think I think it, you make a good point that uh, although this is like the third or fourth hexed number yeah. one, I feel like uh, you can really jump in and just and just check it out. Yeah, it's a really good premise too. Like she's definitely it's it's starting off on her like her trying to go further into the magical world than she's been before and clearly getting in over her head, even though she thinks she knows what she's doing, which I thought was a good premise. And uh yeah. I, the art I think was really good. Like because Marius's old style is not what people like not how she draws now. Right. Uh so I feel like this is closer to her modern style or her current style, the Dan Mora's art. But I really liked it. I thought it was a good choice. Cool. That good. Well, that is Hex number one. Uh, up next, we've got, um, let's see. We've got uh, Little Nemo Return to Slumberland, number one. This is written by Eric Shanauer, who uh, is your go-to guy when you want to bring back sort of, uh, you know, early 20th century. <laughs> he's like Fantastic an Oz, Oz, yeah, he's yeah. Like an Oz historian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then art in this by Gabriel Rodriguez, who is the artist for Lock and Key. And... Um, yeah, I thought that this was he really stepped up his game this issue. Oh man. my goodness! Oh man, Art his this, game's always been awesome, but this, he, he's such a good this choice is for this. Another level, man. Yeah. So basically, this is, uh, you know, it, it's it's not a book that doesn't. How, how should I say this? It is a book that knows a lot about Little Nemo. Yes. Yeah. It feels very like I'm a huge fan of the original Little Nemo comics. I, I think they're some of the best comics of all time, and uh, I think that this feels like a very true sequel to the spirit to it. yeah while while being you know told obviously in a different format right. but uh yeah and so this is about uh still king morpheus's daughter wanting a playmate uh and her former playmate was the little nemo right. from the original comic um and so they're sort of auditioning people and they come to a new nemo who is uh james nemo summerton uh, who um, is named after his dad or grandfather? I think they named him after the comic oh, book yeah, character. Oh, yeah, sorry. They named yeah, him yeah. after the comic book character. Yeah. So because of that, he gets conscripted to come be uh, the 
the new playmate for uh, right. pr- the Princess Morpheus. And uh, so the court of the the dream world is basically sending all these people to try and recruit this kid to be like, come with us into this fantasy world of dreams. And of course, he's always like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And so every night he falls asleep. That's kind of the premise of Little Nemo. It's yeah. Like he would fall asleep at night and go on these crazy dream adventures. And uh, the thing in the original Little Nemo strips is at the end of each strip, he would always be back in his bed. So they play off that at the yep. beginning of this with a few kind of gags where he doesn't actually want to go. And he, yes. ends, and he ends up back in his bed at the end of each one. And mm-hmm. those are really fun, I think. Yeah. But then finally, um, and God, the art is so incredible. So good. Uh, but yeah, so- like Rodriguez was amazing on Lock and Key, but... He's still constrained by reality. Like, there's a few fantastic sequences. This is all just, like, crazy, over-the-top, fantastic, you know, dream architecture and creatures and monsters. and. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The architecture in this is yeah. absolutely incredible. He just does – he does he does really amazing stuff. So, um, basically, by the time Nemo decides he's actually going to go and go to Slumberland, they kind of go through, uh, you know, kind of an Odyssey-type trip or, like uh, – you know, I compare it to like the never ending story right. or something where they go and they meet a bunch of fantastic creatures and, and uh, there are a few chase scenes and stuff. Yeah, where the main very Wizard of Oz, is, uh, actually. One of the main characters is made out of candy and there's a part where they go to a cloud kingdom where they love to eat candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they finally get to Slumberland and it's this amazing two page spread yeah. that I can't believe was hand drawn, but it was. It's so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that's about it. From there, we're going to see what's going on. Yeah. Some familiar characters are about to appear, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't say enough how good the art in this comic yeah. book is. It's so incredible. Linda McKay would be proud. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's worth picking up just for that, but I think but it's like, also well speaking told. Speaking of funny things, like I actually laughed like the little bits where like Jimmy falls out of bed at the end of the dream and stuff. Like there's some really clever humorous bits in this and just I loved it. Yeah, and there's some process, great. process stuff in the back, which is always interesting. Yeah. Um, so you there's see, a little like, history of uh Little Nemo in there too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This, uh, yeah, Eric Shanauer's panel descriptions are like four times as long as mine, so that was interesting to see. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, Little Nemo and Slumberland, or Return to Slumberland, uh, definitely our highest recommendation. Yes, it's amazing. Sure. All right, up next is a book that came out a little while ago, so we might be a little short on our description of it. But this is Low Number One. This is written by Rick Remender, who's writing. Um, uh, Black, Black Science, Science right now. He wrote Fear Agent. He wrote Deadly the Am- Class. Deadly Class. He wrote an amazing run on Uncanny X Force. Um, and yeah, this is uh, an art in this by Greg Tokini. Um, and this is kind of Fantastic Four in a dystopian water Future. world. Future? I think. I don't know <laughs> if they actually say it, but basically the implication is at some point. When a sun is burning out, so possibly Earth in the future, all of humanity is retreated into the ocean. So everyone now lives in, like, undersea cities and uses, like, submarines and uh, deep-sea diving suits and stuff. But it's far in the future, so you've got all kinds of cool technology and stuff built around that. Yeah. Um, But, of course, the the flip side of that is, like, all the monsters and other people who live in the oceans are kind of, like, their dreaded enemies that they go and investigate. Um, So, like, kind of the main characters are, like, kind of the, like, how it's genetically chosen people who can operate some of the machinery and yeah they have yeah, the uh the, these like, helm suits that only uh people of a certain bloodline can operate and so yeah. are they powered by like dream i feel like there is some sort of weird magical no, aspect to just, it almost it only like recognizes them so they, okay. they're the only ones that can actually use it yeah no but um, i would share it was there's definitely some stuff that i think is being set up that might be something like yeah. that but i don't think They've explained exactly. So, so it's science it, yeah. fictiony with weird possible fantasy elements, and they yeah. use these helm suits to hunt these like uh, giant octopus creatures that are actually sentient. <laughs> yeah, there's some crazy and, um, stuff in this. 
Uh, yeah, it seems very science fiction-y in a, in a very classic kind of way, which right. I thought was cool. Like, it reminded me a lot of, like, like Jules Verne type yeah. science fiction. Yeah, and there's really crazy world building going on. It's yeah. So cool. That's a yeah. lot of what this first issue is. But there's also a pretty crazy character thing that happens as well. There's plot stuff, um, yeah. Like, um, there, there's some almost, like, sort of Shakespearean levels of, like, family stuff going on in this as well. Yeah, and the... Um you know, he, this guy's the last helmsman, and he's trying to tr- train his daughter to use the suit. His and, daughters, which is interesting, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, like I'll we'll, we'll just say, yeah, that like he, his daughters are for the first time going to go out in the suit. So he and his wife take their young daughters out for the first time into kind of like the unknown thing to give it a run, and of course things go badly. Yeah, and uh, and it was a great setup, and it, uh, the thing that happens at the end uh, definitely. You become a lot more invested in the story yeah. almost immediately, and uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was uh, like Nick said, a lot of world building. Yeah, and, really cool uh, colors, really cool creatures. Yeah, and, should say and technology yeah. and yeah, it, yeah, the art is fantastic. Yeah, so uh, good. Tocchini. Uh, what re- else has he done? He's done some other. He has like, done other stuff, and I didn't say because I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. But stuff that I felt like was not up to this level. Like, no, I really feel he stepped up. Again. Uh, yeah, he does a really good he job. Did of, a crime book with Rick Remender. Oh, oh, Last uh, Days of Last American. Days of American. Oh, that, that was yeah, really good that's too. A good book, yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> good choice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check out Low Number One. Up next, Multiversity Number One. Oh boy. Uh, this is written by Grant Morrison, who wrote um, Animal Man. <laughs> Doom Patrol. Let's just go through everything. From Final Crisis. Yep, Final Crisis uh, and Final Crisis Superman Beyond with 3D glasses. This has a lot to do with Final Crisis, I feel. Yeah, well, it reads a lot like Superman Beyond in that there are a lot of panels and a lot of things going on. Um, and the art in this is by Ivan Rice, who's done a ton of stuff, but I think he's probably most well-known for his run on Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I feel like the story in Multiversity, the basic story, is pretty simple. There are monsters that hate everything, and they're all appearing in different uh, dimensions, multiverses, Earths across all all dimensions. Yeah, all at the same time. And so a bunch of heroes from all those different worlds join together in a giant room, like Clash of Champions, and... uh, (laughs) To, To fight these. To fight them. And that's the basic story that is going on here. And then there's a lot of really like meta Grant Morrison stuff there's going on at Morrison the same stuff. time. Yep. Uh, Grant Morrison loves to write comics where people are reading comics about themselves. I will say that. Yep. Uh, he did it here. He did it um, in his short run on the Authority. Yeah. Basically, in this, like all the Flex people on the on the, of, on the yeah. different uh, Earths read comics about people on the other Earths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The amazing. implication is that all stories are just about different realities, which is always an interesting theory, and he's definitely done that before. Yeah. So, um, I so I don't know. Is there what else is there to say about this? The comic even talks to the reader. Yes, it, it does. Um, I, and is that I, cool or is it annoying? Of, I mean, it could be cool depending <laughs> where it yeah, goes. I feel like that part is kind of the weakest part so far. Like, uh, and unfortunately, that's how it opens. So, but it's, isn't it's, it also the most interesting part? It's maybe the most interesting, but not. It's not fun. No, you know, like, like the middle of the book, you get to see some cool stuff. Like, uh, you get to see Aqua Woman, the, and... the, the, the the universe where Superman is a black man who is also the president of the United States. You get to see Aqua Woman. You get to see uh, Captain Carrot. Captain Carrot, who you know. So there's some really fun. Like, look at all the different takes on the DC universe. They go to the Marvel <laughs> Comics version of the DC universe, where you've got like all the Marvel knockoffs that would be in the DC Comics universe. So there's that sort of really fun riffing on superhero stuff um but 
like then you've got all this weird like stuff wrapping it up into a story and it's kind of like i don't know i i was surprised it was at, interesting but I, I i didn't like it <laughs> i was surprised at how i liked it i was surprised at how basic it was yeah maybe that was it because i think the stuff that's interesting is that stuff that maybe doesn't work that well which oh, is yeah. all the sort of self-referential stuff like right. the stuff about the haunted comic book and all that stuff yeah the stuff that felt very grant morrison but it felt like stuff he had it's sort of stuff he has Done touched already. on before, yeah. but maybe in a not as successful way. This is going to be a little bit like Seven Soldiers, I feel, because um, the rest of it is all different artists doing specific number one issues. Which that that has me the most interested That's pretty in it. Cool, yeah. Because I, what I think is this is setting up this universe and what's going on in it. Right. And then I think all the issues after this are going to be able to concentrate more on individual groups and not right. be so full of all this stuff that's going on. Right. Um, so the next one is Society of Superheroes, which is drawn by Chris Sprouse, which oh, he's incredible. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm not a huge fan of Ivan Rice's art I would, either. I would say I don't think he was a good choice for this. I mean, um, I think he was a good choice for this cause no, because because there's so much going on. Well, because no. it's it's kind of the setup thing, and it's like it it feels like the rest of the DC stuff. Yeah, right. But that my, was my biggest problem. No, because my <laughs> problem is like you're seeing like four or five different universes in this first comic book, and he doesn't change his art style enough. Like, you know, right. immediately, you know, Captain Carrot is now a very serious version of him, but, like, he should have been cartoony. You know, it should have said something like, not he's only not are these... Serious thing, no, he's he? not really. No, he, but he's, not he's drawn muscles. He's not drawn, like, he's not drawn like he stepped out of a Looney Tune. You know what yeah. I Like, you're not getting the feel that not only these different takes on the characters, that they're different art styles, I think would have worked really well. I think it could have been interesting if maybe, you know, if they're introducing characters that are going to be in these other books that you right. have these other artists draw that different been universes. Cool. Yeah. But uh, that's not what they did. So, yeah. um... Uh yeah, I don't know. I I was expecting a little bit more from this. Yeah, maybe that was it. Just, um, but just... it's also just getting started, so I yeah. don't know. Like, do you remember Seven Soldiers Number Zero? Not really. Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't as good as you right. know all the, the many series yeah, ones. Yeah. So so we'll see where it goes from here. And um, it's still interesting in a, in a very Grant Morrison-y kind yeah. of way. And he said this is the culmination of all the DC stuff he's ever done. So weird. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's his last DC book, so... Yeah, oh, weird. It is his that last is DC book. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is Multiversity number one. Kind of All right, insane. up next, uh, we have Steven Universe number one. Uh, so we, uh, I just wanted to talk about this because we, ta- we have these guys coming here this weekend. Hooray! So this is written by Jeremy Cerise, who uh, has uh, both of these... Jeremy and Coleman have both done a bunch of stuff before, but Jeremy's working on a big graphic novel called Curveball that's going to be coming out next fall, I believe. And uh, and Coleman has done uh, short stories and other boom comics, and uh, he's working on his his own big comic right now that's going to be pretty cool, but I don't know if he's announced it yet, so I don't know if I can say what it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Steven Universe is based on a Cartoon Network cartoon about a group called the Crystal Gems, which are kind of like, uh, they're these intergalactic warriors who protect the Earth from uh, various creatures. And uh, this first issue is, uh, they kind of jump right into it, and it's uh, a, a fairly simple story. Yeah, I totally uh, missed all that crystal stuff. Well, yeah, so that's <laughs> the is, thing. This is more like Steven having an adventure. Yeah, this is definitely. And you don't really get. Well, that's a lot of what the show oh, sure, is, sure, too. Yeah, yeah. Just, if that's the bigger stuff, it's like, they're not concerned with that. They're like, let's just tell a cool, fun story. Yeah, and th- and that's what this is. It's, it's basically, uh, there's this, like, magical uh, creature ball thing. And it turns into a big chase scene. Yeah. And, uh, and the cool thing about this is Coleman's art is very kinetic. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like a it's like a fun thing. But I, I've seen issue two of this, which is a little more of a grounded story. I feel okay. like, and uh, they're getting into a lot more character stuff as the series huh. goes on. Okay, and uh, yeah, I think it's a book worth checking out. And there are a bunch of uh, cool backup stories backup in here too. Yeah, funny. yeah. Uh, there's um, the my favorite was the Callie Sesmer one because yeah. I love her art so much, and it's just about how to make uh, an everything bagel dog. Yeah, and uh, and then there's one by Jocelyn Fenton, which is. Um, like very on model like looks a lot like the cartoon which is pretty cool it's like interesting because all the other ones are kind of in these artist's own style and then uh there's a preview of the uncle grandpa comic by zach gorman which looks like it's gonna be so funny incredible but yeah everybody should come down to the signing this weekend yep yeah and check it out uh all right up next we have let's see i've been jumping around we got terminal hero number one this is written by peter milligan who wrote Shade the Changing Man. Faces. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the most obscure thing I can think of. There's a few. Flesh Eaters. Did he, isn't that one of his comics? Uh, yeah. He wrote Shade the Changing Man and uh, Ecstatics. And the art in this is by uh, Piotr Kowalski, who writes, who draws sex, drew Marvel Knights Hulk, and drew, drew something else that just came out recently. Yeah, I feel like he draws like 30 books. He's doing Nightbreed. Oh, yeah. He's doing Nightbreed. Uh, and this is about a guy who gets cancer and then um, gets a drug that makes him not have cancer, but it gives him superpowers. Basically. Yeah, but possibly killing him. Also it, makes him kind of evil. Yeah, it's like one of those, like, we're not sure this will work, but you might not die of cancer. He's also hallucinating so. the whole time. Yep. Um, so things go terribly wrong. For this was a pretty, dark book. Pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of like... It's definitely a Peter Milligan. If you suddenly, yeah, if you suddenly had superpowers... But we're really angry and possibly dying and don't really have control of those superpowers. And your powers kind of m- make things happen that you want to have. You know, it's like if you just like your id was let loose and you're like being mean and cruel and getting everything you want and pushing people around and being abusive. And yeah, so it's it's pretty messed up. I feel like it does that stuff in this book while sort of being mentally disturbing as opposed to like being a lot of gross out stuff yeah, yeah. which is kind of nice um because it kind of skips some of it it just says like he's doing it and then yeah. it's more like him, what he's thinking at the time or um i i think milligan can be an interesting writer I, he's done some of my favorite comics to be honest but then you know he's very hit and miss yeah. i kind of like this a good bit though. Yeah, i thought it was pretty cool i mean i'm yeah i don't know i don't think you guys are but i'm a big fan of peter kowalski's no, jared likes I him like too, too yeah. i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of his style but i think this is one of the best things i've I think seen it's, from a, it's him a good match for him yeah um and it's funny like i i tend to like peter milligan stuff that other people don't like like yeah. i loved his run on infinity incorporated right i thought it was really really good and this actually reminds me of that like uh he does a lot of good stuff with like people who are bad because they're super stressed out and have a bunch of other stuff going on right. in their lives yeah and i think uh i think this does that well as a cool cover by jay lee and i'm curious to see where it goes yeah yeah um it's probably the best book dynamite has put out in a long time <laughs> that's yeah, for, for sure, sure. um up, up next we have justice incorporated from dynamite no i'm just kidding we're not reviewing that um up next <laughs> is night world number one uh this is written by adam mcgovern new guy as far as i know yep and drawn by paolo leandri new person as well as far as i know this is about a um protector of a castle who has a girlfriend that's a ghost <laughs> <laughs> what is this comic about? Um, this is this is a really crazy comic. So it's very bizarre. much like a. It feels like a Jack Kirby creation, yeah, of some sort. But it also has a lot of like sort of hammer horror stuff going on right. in it as well. I feel yeah. like, yeah, um, it's it's a crazy a, comic. A devil being fed grapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but basically, it's yeah. It's the main guy. Is his name Nightworld? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. 
No, his name is Plenilunio. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and yeah, he he kind of he kind of is like uh, he rules this haunted castle, and he has a girlfriend who's like in a permanent like she's like a ghost basically. Yeah. And um, he's trying to save her. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's a it's kind of a confusing comic. Uh, and so he needs to get this thing called the Soul Key. <laughs> and then there's this like weird. There's this other guy that is also trying to get the soul key. He's like a, the devil, I guess. Yeah, and he hires like a guy who's like a rollerblading demon guy named Hotspot. Sure. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was it was a it really is cre- bananas. It is bananas, but yeah. um, the dialogue was really funny. Like I it's think fun. it's it's yeah, it's fun and weird, and I really love the art. Yeah, the yeah. art art fits really well. Like like, but it, fits it, really it's, well with it's what? Very, <laughs> it's very Kirby in the art as well. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the story and the and the art are Kirby influenced, but kind of like super cartoony. I wouldn't say wacky, but there's like kind of like outlandish Just in weird some ways. As hell, super bright colors, really People vibrant, really weird and quick paced, and I feel like it very had kinetic. A, I feel like it had a tough time getting across its basic story, though. Yeah, it's it's kind of all, all bit, over the yeah. place a little bit. Um, I feel like you know, I don't know. It's, oh wait, he's Black Angels. Is is uh, superhero name? Okay, uh, maybe. <laughs> night, night angel black angel I, some people call him black angel um yeah so it's it's an interesting i don't know it's like what a superhero universe would be like like in the world of the dead or something yeah, yeah. um good, but it, mixed with like kirby apocalypse stuff yeah it's a crazy book <laughs> all right anyway but yeah definitely worth looking at i loved it yeah like yeah exactly <laughs> the weird thing. yeah I, I really liked it too i think it's just it's so weird it's hard to explain yeah <laughs> Um, but worth checking out. It's really cool. Yeah. I feel like stuff like Godland kind of like, it's that kind of weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Although I feel like Godland is a little more, um, straight up grounded. It's just a li- Godland is a little easier to understand. Yeah. Sort of. Is. I felt like a first, this felt like the 35th issue of Godland or something. Oh, right, yes. right. <laughs> Where stuff gets really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, instead of the first issue where maybe there was like, it could have taken a little slower or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, but that's not how the story goes. It's no. just like, yeah. And maybe it's that kineticism that yeah. I like about yeah. it. So kineticism, is that a word? I sure. think it is. Uh, all right. So we just have one more book this week. If you can believe that. Um, uh, this is the fade out written by Ed Brubaker. Who wrote um, The Fall? Yep. yep. Drawn by Jason Lutz. Yep. Uh, with art by Sean Phillips, who uh, drew um, that sleeper spinoff thing. He drew uh, Heart, of, <laughs> Heart of the Beast. Yeah, he drew Heart of the Beast. And uh, and also, um, yeah, no, the, these are the guys that work on Criminal. Uh, Marvel Zombies. And Fatal. Yep. Oh, yeah, I guess and Marvel Zombies. <laughs> oh, wait, no, but Robert Kirkman wrote that. Yeah, but Sean Phillips drew it. Sean Phillips drew Marvel Zombies, yes. Yeah. All right, that's it for this week's podcast. I <laughs> know, uh, so Fade Out is like a um, 40s Hollywood murder mystery. I'd say similar to something like LA Confidential. Super noir. Super noir. And uh, I think Jared is the right guy to talk about this. Oh, my God, I loved it. Uh, so basically the main character is uh, a screenwriter in the period in hollywood when all the communists have been blacklisted and you know it, it's it's the old days when the studios ran everything and you know y'all everyone put up a front for the public but behind the scenes it was all just debauchery and insanity uh and he wakes up in a bathtub after a blackout drunk night and realizes that uh the lead actress in the film he is writing for right now has been murdered and has been strangled to death and is lying in the room next to him he panics and runs away covers and, up any sign that he was there because he's like yes. oh, i don't want to be implicated in this and then very quickly uh you know someone you know the studio finds out that this actress has died and been murdered but instead of that they try to cover it up like she committed suicide 
to protect the the movie that they're working on um it, just because the studios are like so nefarious and always like looking for the whatever it was and so then it quickly becomes like did he kill her did someone is someone gonna blackmail him there's it's, it's very foreboding that bad things are going on and it introduces a bunch of other characters like kind of the lead errol flynn type character in the film the director uh the his friend who's a communist who hasn't been able to write um oh is he a communist but he was oh, definitely yes. he was definitely he's, he's a writer that was blacklisted because yeah. they thought he was coming yeah this is like yeah. right after the the blacklisting yeah. started in hollywood like this is like the Right after the House of Un American Activities all started yeah, and all right. that stuff. But, uh, and then there's like the really like tough guy who's the security head for the studio who's probably the one covering up that she got murdered. So, in a lot of ways, it's just a sense of foreboding overlies this. Like, he's already in over his head and like things are going out of his control and just like he doesn't know what's going on. And a lot of it throughout the issue, he's having like flashbacks and trying to remember what happened the night before. And people are telling different stories about what they saw, and you know, that actually so. reminded me a little bit of Satellite Sam. Has anybody kept yeah. up with that? No, I'm waiting because it's great. Um, I don't like Chicken's art. So I know I, I have. A it's kind of hard to get, it. but it works but in that book for some reason. Yeah. And the story is so good, and it's kind of like this where it's kind of the seedy side, but that one's more about you know, um, the '60s like right? TV, yeah, TV like um, serials on TV. Like Satellite Sam is like a serialized TV oh, okay. show. They used to be a radio show. It was like the beginning of TV. Oh, so right. it's like all that kind of corrupt behind the scenes stuff. It might be 50s too, actually. And yeah. there's, you know, there's like a character who's who's um, who's gay and he's about to be outed and so they're going to kick him out. There's like all this kind of seedy behind the scenes Yep, stuff. so that's our review of Satellite <laughs> But also in that, like, his the main character's dad is murdered. So there's also kind of that murder mystery. So it's got some stuff in common. I should catch common. up on it. I love Matt Fraction, so like I'm yeah. just like, it's, I just... Yeah, the art It's still. got some of the stuff in common with that. But this one's a little darker, um... Not much darker, but a little bit, and um, I have no idea where it's going. Um, but it's a great setup, you know. Great yeah, so character good. work for sure. The main character is very fascinating. Um, all of his friends are very interesting. Like his communist friend, who's a drunk, is very interesting. And I think Brubaker uh, and Phillips on all their series have done really great first issues. Yeah, I mean they've all been good all the way through. I should say that as well. No, but just are but, really good at setting it up. Yeah, they're yeah. really good at setup, and uh, I think that I think they knocked it out of the park with this. There's some cool stuff in the back of this dude, like a little short story, and uh, and there were two versions of this book, which I thought was interesting. There's yeah. a magazine size version, which if you can get your hands on it, it's a couple bucks extra, but I think it's totally worth it. Like, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. The art is bigger, and there's some process stuff in the back, and uh, it's just like a, a nice looking book, but. Uh, yeah, fade out number one. Really, really, really good stuff. Highest. Did you guys also read the story in the back of this? That's um, not yet. It's about like a real life actress. Oh, who, is it real? Who jumped off the uh, Hollywood sign. Oh boy. Oh, interesting. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't read that, but that seems interesting to me. Yeah, I thought this was kind of. Uh, you know, there's like a there were a lot of things around this time period. You know, they talk about the sort of the corruption in Hollywood yeah. stuff, and uh, made like the Fatty Arbuckle thing. I think was. Oh kind of, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh but, and. Uh, Bob Hope <laughs> makes an appearance. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> uh, they, I think the yeah, this is the first book where they can do whatever they want now, right? Because Image they signed a contract with Image for three years. Where I mean, that's basically they what, they do, doing, that's what Fatal was. I think it's just I think it was just carte blanche. Like you want to do, it, but yeah, book, now, we'll publish it. Now they're like, yeah. you can do whatever you want for the next three years, and we'll yeah. just publish it. And yeah, this is the first one of those. Yep. Um, after they signed that, it's pretty interesting. It, it's interesting that that's their first choice. Yeah. 
I guess they, they must be really into that. They're subject. like, cool, let's do more of the same. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I mean, it's great, though, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah, it's like, you know, it's basically more of the same. Yeah, it's definitely like criminal or... <laughs> yeah, or fatality. I mean, fatality is yeah. a little different. Because it has a supernatural element. And but yeah. it also has a lot of flashbacks to this time frame. And, yeah, yeah, that, but, yeah. But anyway... This book uh, is awesome. Yeah, this book is really great. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And uh, that's it for our reviews. Yep. Are we going to talk about um, Guardians of the let's Galaxy? Do, let's uh, do some it. Careless Whispers. Yeah, let's do some Careless Whispers. By the way... Uh, Wicked and the Divine 3 came out this week and it's so good I I need to read it Uh, it's so good that series is so incredible anyway here we go I wish I had a record scratch right there going in Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Suede do you think this um this uh, Careless Whisperer will be on the awesome mix too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think Dancing in the Moonlight will be on there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's more 80s music, I think, this time. Dance- right? Oh, is it more 80s music? I, I think know. this time, probably. Uh, I would imagine. I don't know. because it's, it's supposed to be what her mom, his mom like. So. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're going to spoil everything Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So if Hold you on to your it, hats. Yeah. I don't know. It was good. You kind of already spoiled it a little bit earlier. You were talking about Howard the Duck. You don't know. He was but like, sure, throw Howard the Duck. You didn't say anything about... I didn't say that he was... We were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you were like, well, they can use Howard the Duck. <laughs> I, we were talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, they can use Rocket Raccoon, and they're like, hey, now they can use Howard the Duck. Sure. Uh, like, why not? Whatever. But, uh, it doesn't matter, because nobody... Who honestly, if you know about that before it happens, it's better for you, because... <laughs> no, man. I didn't know anything about it. And <laughs> no, I, I knew about it, and I wish I hadn't. And I, I would have liked it, it more. I lost my mind. Yeah, I, I was like, yes. I think I would have been less disappointed. Like I would have been more disappointed. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? It's, I don't like Seth Green. I think people. Well, yeah, but whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's all right. As I just voice. wanted to see yeah. something from Avengers. Yeah. Like I, but I, I. That's probably what a lot of people did, and a lot of people were disappointed. But I thought this was the best of all the Marvel ending things. Like it, I, I was so happy with it. I think it was. Uh, I think it was fun, and I think it was a fun joke about Marvel being bought by Disney and Howard the Duck being a. You know, like mm-hmm. originally, like a sort of parody of Disney, because Howard the Duck was originally going to be a Mickey Mouse thing, and oh, they really? changed it to a duck. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and it was still like a kind of Donald Duck. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. It's been so long. It's so good. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I think we all loved it. <laughs> Two thumbs up. But you know, it's like everybody's seen it. What is there to say about it? I it was great. Uh, what, was your, what was your favorite scene? Um, I loved I loved Drax, uh, played by Dave Bautista, yeah, former WWE, WWE really champion. Uh, I feel like they did a really good job uh, dealing with the fact that he is not a very good actor. By yeah, they him. made him a person who has no personality. Yeah, <laughs> which was great. It worked yeah. perfectly. Uh, taking everything literally. He's like, nothing goes over my head. There, yeah. there was some weird stuff in this film, though. Like Stuff you didn't like? Yeah. Just... Well, let's talk about the stuff we liked first, because oh, okay. I think if we just talk about stuff we don't like, it's going to give a general impression that we didn't like the movie, yeah. but I think we all liked all the right. movie anyway, a whole lot, I, right? Maybe my favorite scene is uh, when Star-Lord is dancing across the uh, the ruins in the, the opening very beginning. scene. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's just, that was one of the best character introductions I've ever seen. Like, I totally got who he was. Oh, and just the whole opening bit with the, the mom on yeah. Earth was amazing. Yeah. I was like, a very... And I thought, um, I think my favorite scene is the part where they're in the, uh, they're gambling in the bar, in the CD bar, and there's little creatures fighting, and Rocket gets really drunk, and he starts, like, 
almost crying because he's yeah. like, you all see me as like an. Animal. I thought that was really good. I thought Rocket was great. Um, yeah, he I was, was really. I cool. was worried that he'd be a little too like cartoony, goofy. over the top, yeah. goofy. Like, check this out. He was a little bit that, but then I think they grounded him, you know, throughout the yeah. film. I really loved, and uh, you know, there was a ton of character stuff in the movie that I thought was really fantastic. But the part where I was just like getting really hyped up was uh, when they're that chase with those mining carts or whatever oh yeah yeah it was like it was like a classic kind of mine cart that. chase but they're that? in like little spaceship things yeah and, then, and it's then, when they're inside the celestial's head yeah oh yeah okay yeah, he, like, he, what are you talking he about he drives yeah, yeah. the one spaceship that was inside awesome. to the other spaceship yeah and he's that controlling it with awesome. the arms it's, yeah yeah it's great like uh there's just like a i think as much as like i love all the friendship and character stuff yeah. i was really into that action <laughs> so that it was, was an explosion of marvel things like there were three yeah. in this. There's Novas in this. Yep, there's uh, there, a Celestial. Yep, Adam Warlock's uh, cocoon was, awesome. was in there. Yeah. You get to see a Celestial in in motion. Yeah, uh, destroying a planet. That it was looks pretty amazing. So awesome! It looks exactly like a Jack Kirby Celestial. Yep. And, um, and uh, there were some fun cameos. Uh, I'm sure Nick loved when Lloyd Kaufman showed up. Yep, I, I never, I definitely <laughs> noticed that. Nobody else did. Nope, not uh, me. Yeah, so because uh, James Gunn, who uh, directed the movie, used to be a big trauma films yep. guy. He wrote Tromeo yeah. uh, and Juliet. He did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, he also wrote the first two Scooby Doo movies. Yep. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Lloyd Kaufman is in there. Did there you notice the uh, Slither uh, creatures? Yep. They're in there uh, too. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, James Gunn's brother is one of the characters in the movie. He did uh, the motion capturing for Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, and oh, he really? was also one wow. of the. Um, like the henchman on Michael, the mercenary crew. Michael Rooker's. Oh, yeah. can we talk about Michael Rooker? <laughs> he was amazing in it. He's so over the... He's just like. The, he's Michael Rooker. Yeah, he's yeah. Merle. Um, he's Michael Rooker. <laughs> but I liked his little, like. Uh, he, they kept the like whistling arrows because that's like a Yandu thing from the comics where he could control his arrows by whistling. Um, it seemed like he, I felt like he was kind of like a more messed up version, like like some terrible things happened to him, and somewhere out there is still like a race that looks like kind of the ones in the comic. Like I felt like he used to look like that at some point, and terrible things happened to him. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that. I don't know. We'll see. You might. Uh, Groot, sure. Groot and Rocket Raccoon's friendship was great. Yeah, um, they're both one of the two of the best characters in the film. The soundtrack, really well the soundtrack was amazing. Soundtrack, yeah. So good. Yeah. Thanos was sweet. Yeah, Thanos was good. You got to see for Thanos. sure. Um, yeah, it was just it was good overall. It's crazy that soundtrack is the number one album in the on like Billboard. Yeah, because yeah. it's all old songs and it's the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I've been listening to it. Yeah, yeah we've all been listening so to it. the. The part where uh, he like opens, like he's like, I'm gonna finally open this present, and it's like yeah. we all knew it was awesome. Mixed yeah, I knew too, exactly. Right? I didn't know. I knew, okay. I knew what it was. I was, when she handed it to I was him. really yeah. surprised that everybody in the theater seemed really surprised when that happened. Yeah. I was like, really, you guys? Well, like, it's been so long. Like, it's yeah. not just called Awesome Mix. It's called Awesome Mix Volume One. What do you think is gonna happen? No, but but <laughs> yeah. you know, there's so much stuff. Like, you didn't know who his dad was. You know, like clearly the mom, something was going on with her when she was getting sick and dying. You know, there's a lot of elements that could have been. Yeah, and she. You know, obviously had a love affair with an alien. There's plenty yeah. of stuff it could have been. You know, it could have been, you know, I don't know. That's another thing. People have been kind of speculating on who his dad is because James Gunn said it's not the same thing as the comic. It's oh. not but we don't know. He might Jason have just said that to mess with you. Yeah. So. Like when they said Lost wasn't purgatory. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, we're in Careless Whispers. It wasn't really. The last season was. <laughs> Half of the last season. <laughs> yeah, the best um, You mean the part when they decided what the whole snow was? <laughs> so um, it worked out from the beginning. Um, but then, uh, oh man, screw me up. We, we I feel like, that, uh, I, I bet his granddad was super sad because like his daughter dies yeah, and, and, the then his gra- gets and then his grandson kidnapped. gets kidnapped. Gets take, taken away by <laughs> All aliens. on the same day. Poor guy. Yeah. 
Oh, somebody said the, they were speculating that his dad could be. Um, well, when they first said it, I, I was like, "Wait, what?" Because he said they said Star Fox, and I was like, "Star Fox from like <laughs> Star Fox video game?" They're like, "No, Star Fox." I was like, "Oh yeah, he is a Marvel character." There's a Marvel character called yeah. Star he's Fox? like Thanos's brother or whatever. Oh, he's like boy, the god of terrible something. Ugh. Slippy. He's like maybe he's the god of love. I don't know. Is he a frog? Oh, that's Eros. Are you thinking of? No, he's Star Fox. He was an Avenger. Was he? Yeah. Oh yeah, that rings a bell. I think that's his name, Star Fox. Who, who um, was uh, Scott Summers' dad with the Star Jammers? Corsair. Yeah. Corsair. That'd be amazing. They're half brothers. <laughs> they should make it Corsair just to be like, screw you, X Men movies. Yeah. Um, I don't think they can use the Star Jammers. Maybe they didn't give it away. Can they use the Shi'ar? I, I don't, don't know, know what they can use. Yeah. yeah should, I wonder confusing. if there's a list somewhere. They can't yeah, use I'm scrolls. Sure yep, they can't use scrolls. That's why they use Chitari. They can use yeah. Kree, I guess. They can't, they, they they can't use this. mutants, which is why they invented the Inhuman series. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, yeah. I don't know. Well, hey, this has been a long podcast, and yeah. my battery's about to die. Oh, Jared, okay. what did you hate about Guardians of the Galaxy? Let's go out on a negative. Uh, that <laughs> was best. Well, one thing that uh, – this isn't something I hate, but there, apparently there's an article that points out that if Star-Lord had not been there, the movie would basically have been the same in terms of, like, plot and stuff. Like, almost all the major actions were done by other characters, and he was more like the goofy sidekick, which I thought was kind of awesome. He's more just like the guy who rallied them together, which, you know, is an important thing to have happen. But, like, he wasn't, like, saving the day or killing the bad guy or anything like that. I think but, if he wasn't there, everybody else would have just gone there separately. Yeah, exactly. He but, also doesn't have a character arc. Yeah. But, <laughs> which is, which is kind of nice, though. Is it? I don't know. Does he not yeah. have a character like, Well, he, he's cool and goofy, and in the end, he's cool and goofy. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a little more, uh, he actually cares about stuff. Yeah, he's he's more of a hero the at the end. Yeah, I mean. And I guess yeah. he does grab. He's a little more altruistic. He, he, he grabs the gem. Yeah, which would basically like mean thief. he would die. He's a thief and, the yeah. whole time. And, yeah, yeah. He, he saves the day. Yeah. But yeah, like the part with, I don't know. There's parts I didn't like. Um, I found the humor to be a little bit much sometimes, but overall I loved it. I mean, yeah. I, think, uh, I think it was it was really fun. It was, it was. Even though sometimes it felt a little too silly, I felt like it always had to be that silly for the whole thing to work the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love John C. Riley in that movie, by the way, as well. <laughs> the, part, the part where they all get pardoned and they're asking about the different kind of crimes they're allowed to <laughs> yeah. do is pretty great at he's the He's like, what, is it, what does Drax say? He's like, can I still rip people's spines out? Yeah. And he's like, no, that's murder. That's the, the worst, worst crime. crime. <laughs> that is the worst crime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy is good. If you haven't seen it, uh, you shouldn't have listened to that. Nope. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, do we want to spoil anything else while we're in here? No, no. Well, that's well. Uh, Lost is a purgatory. It's not purgatory. It's purgatory that I watched that for seven years. Lost is great. Well, I was no, really. It's not. It was a really good show for it's a while. A really Parts show. of it were really good. Most As a whole, really it was good. poop. The part where they I um, watched it all recently. Yeah. Did you? I gotta say, it's still really good. Yeah. Oh man, the part yeah, where they fix, the part where they fix the the VW bus is really good. <laughs> that part is great. Yeah. yeah, and um, all the deleted scenes where they just showed. Hurley eating tons of food to keep that weight on. <laughs> Any episode with Desmond in it is really good. Um, oh, Desmond Pfeiffer? Yeah, Desmond Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah, so that Lincoln's is it. This was a long episode, you guys. Yep. It's been an Can hour and a half. A, oh, boy. a podcast about Desmond Pfeiffer and Homeboys in Outer Space? We should not do that. <laughs> uh, so that is it. We're going to be back next week, though. So, uh, yep. our, our long break is over. Yeah. No more vacation. No. Exhausting vacations. No more. Yeah, no more vacation. And uh, that is it. That is it. Finally. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye.